a young man, I carried me pack And I lived the free life of a rover From the Murray's Green Basin to the dusty outback I waltzed my Matilda all over and in 1915, me country said, Son, it's time to quit rambling, there's work to be done. So they gave me a tin hat, and they gave me a gun, and they shipped me away to the war. And the band played waltzing Matilda As the ship pulled away from the quay But I missed all the cheers The shouts and the tears As we sailed off for Gallipoli Well, I remember that terrible day When the blood drenched the sand and the water And how in that hell that they called Darden Way We were butchered like lambs at the slaughter Johnny Trojan was ready, he primed himself well He showered us with bullets and he rained us with shell And in five minutes flat he'd blown us all to hell Nearly blew us right back to our island And the band played Greece is forever as we stopped to bury our slain Well, we buried us And Troy buried theirs Then it started all over again In Troy, there lies the scene. From Isles of Greece, the princes orgulous, their high blood chafed, have to the port of Athens sent their ships, fraught with the ministers and instruments of cruel war. Sixty and nine that wore their crownets regal, from the Athenian bay, put forth towards Phrygia, and their vow is made to ransack Troy, within whose strong immures the ravished Helen, Menelaus' queen, with wanton Paris sleeps. <laughs> and that's the quarrel. <laughs> to Tenedos they come, and the deep drawing barks do there disgorge their warlike frottage. Now, 
on Darden Plains. The fresh and yet unbruised Greeks do pitch their brave pavilions. Priam's six-gated city, Darden and Timbria, Hellas, Tritas, Trojan, and Antenorides, with massy staples and corresponsive and fulfilling bolts, lock down the sons of Troy. Now, expectation, tickling skittish spirits on one and other side, Trojan and Greek, sets all on hazard. And hither are we come to tell you, fairest listeners, that our play leaps o'er the vaunt and firstlings of these broils, beginning in the middle. Starting thence away to what may be digested in a play, all like all fine fault. Do as your pleasures are. Now, good or bad, tis but the chance of war. Whoa! I don't want to be a soldier. I don't want to go to war. I'd rather stay at home about the streets to roam. Living on me wits as my mother taught me. I don't want to burn it in me beer jack. See, I don't want me bollocks shot away. I'd rather stay in blighty, in saucy, sexy blighty, and fornicate me bleeding life away. Why should I war without the walls of Troy, that find such cruel battle here within? Each Trojan that is master of his heart, let him to field. Troilus, alas, hath none. Oh, will this gear ne'er be mended? The Greeks are strong and skilful to their strength, fierce to their skill and to their fierceness, valiant, but I am weaker than a woman's tear, tamer than sleep, fonder than ignorance, less valiant than the virgin in the night, and skillless as unpractised infancy. Well, I have told you enough of this. For my part, our medal nor make no father. He that would have a cake out of the wheat must tarry the grinding. Have I not tarried? I the grinding, but you must tarry the bolting. Have I not tarried? I the bolting, but you must tarry the leavening. Still have I tarried. I to the leavening, but here's yet the kneading, the making of the cake, the heating of the oven, and the uh, baking. Nay, you must stay the cooling too, or you may chance burn your lips. At Priam's royal table do I sit, and when fair Cressid comes into my thoughts, so, traitor, when she comes... When is she absent? Well, she looked yesternight fairer than ever I saw look, or any woman else. Oh, Pandarus, I tell thee, Pandarus, when I do tell thee there my hopes lie drowned, reply not in how many fathoms deep they lie in drenched. 
I tell thee, I am mad in Cressid's love. Thou answerst, she is fair. Paused in the open ulcer of my heart, her eyes, her hair, her cheek, her gait, her voice, but saying thus, instead of oil and balm, thou layest in every gash that love hath given me the knife that made it. I speak no more than truth. Thou dost not speak so much. Faith, I'll not meddle in it. Let her be as she is. If she be fair, tis the better for her. And she be not, she has men's in her own hands. Good Pandarus, how now, Pandarus? I've had my labour for my travail, ill-thoughten of her, and ill-thoughten of you, gone between and between, but small thanks for my labour. What? Art thou angry, Pandarus? What with me? She's a fool to stay behind a father. Letter to the Greeks. Letter to my brother Calchas. Well, so I'll tell her next time I see her. For my part, I'll meddle, nor make, no more in the matter. Pandarus. Not I. Sweet Pandarus. Pray you, speak no more to me. I will leave all as I found it. And there... An end. Peace, you ungracious clamours! Peace, rude sounds! Fools on both sides. Helen must needs be fair, when with your blood you daily paint her thus. I cannot fight upon this argument. It is too starved a subject for my sword. But Pandarus, oh gods, how you do plague me. I cannot come to Cressid but by Pandar, and he's as tetchy to be wooed to woo as she is stubborn chaste against all suit. Tell me, Apollo, for thy Daphne's love, what Cressid is, what Pandar, and what we. Her bed is India. There she lies, a pearl, ourself the merchant, and this sailing Pandar, our doubtful hope, our convoy, and our bark. How now, Prince Troilus? Wherefore not a field? Because not there. This woman's answer sorts for, womanish it is to be from thence. What news, Aeneas, from the field today? Uh, that uh, Paris is returned home and hurt. By whom, Aeneas? Troilus, by Menelaus. <laughs> <laughs> Let Paris bleed. Yeah. Tis but a scar to scorn. Paris is gored by Menelaus' horn. <laughs> oh, but to the sport abroad. Are you bound thither? In all swift haste. Come. Go we then together. Yes, go. Off we go. Who were those went by? Queen Hecuba and Helen, madam. Oh, and where go they? Up to the eastern tower to see the battle. Hector, whose patience is as a virtue fixed, today was moved. He chid his wife Andromache and struck his armourer. What was his cause of anger? The noise goes thus. There is among the Greeks a lord of Trojan blood, cousin to Hector. They call him Ajax. <laughs> Ajax. Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And what of him? 
Oh, they say he is a very man per se and stands alone. So do all men, unless they are drunk, sick, or have no legs. Oh, this man, lady, hath robbed many beasts of their particular additions. He is as valiant as the lion, churlish as the bear, slow as the elephant. They say he yesterday coped Hector in the battle and struck him down. (laughs) Hannah, friend. Who comes here? Madam... Your uncle, Pandarus. Oh, uh, uh, Hector's a gallant man. What's that? What's that? Oh, good morrow, Uncle Pandarus. Oh, good morrow, Cousin Cressida. Mwah. Good morrow, Alexander. Madam, I'll take my leave. When were you at Ilium, niece? Oh, this morning, uncle. Was Hector armed and, and gone ere you came to Ilium? Helen was not up, was she? Uh, Hector was gone, but Helen was not up. And so, Hector was stirring early. Uh, that were Alexander and I talking of, and of his anger. Was he angry? Oh, true, he was so. I, I know the cause, too. Oh, he'll lay about him today. I can tell him that. And as Troilus will not come far behind him, let them take heed of Troilus. I can tell them that, too. What? Is he angry, too? Oh, Troilus. Troilus is the better man of the two. Oh, Jupiter! There's no comparison. No. Hector's not a better man than Troilus. Excuse me? He's elder. Oh, pardon me, pardon me. Hector shall not have his wit this year. Well, he shall not need it if he have his own. Nor his qualities. No matter. Nor his beauty. T'would not become him. His own's better. You have no judgment, niece. Helen herself swore to the day that... For a brown complexion, for so it is, I, I must confess, she praised his complexion above Paris. I swear to you, I think she loves him better than Paris. Oh, then she's a merry Greek indeed. Nay, I'm sure she does. She came to him t'other day into the compass window and puts me a hand on his cloven chin. Oh, Juno, have mercy. How came it cloven? Why, you know, tis dimpled. Oh, I think his smiling becomes him better than any man in all Phrygia. Oh, he smiles valiantly. Does he not? But to prove to you that Helen loves Troilus, she she takes upon her to spy a white hair on his chin. Alas, poor chin. Many a wart is richer. But there was such laughing. Queen Hecuba laughed till her eyes ran over. With millstones. And Cassandra laughed. Oh, did her eyes run over too? And Hector laughed. <laughs> at what was all this laughing? Mary, at the white hair that Helen spied on Troilus's chin. And it had been a green hair, I should have laughed too. Uh, they laughed not so much at the hair as it is pretty answer. Ah, what was his answer? Quote she, 
Here's but two and fifty hairs on your chin, and one of them is white. Two and fifty hairs, quoth he, and one white, that white hair, is my father, and all the rest are his sons. Jupiter, quoth she, which of these hairs is Paris, my husband? The forked one, quoth he, pluck it out, give it him. But there was such laughing, Helen so blushed, Paris so chafed, and the rest so laughed that, oh, it passed. Well, so let it now, for it has been a great while going by. Well, cousin, I told you a thing yesterday. Think, aunt. So I do. I'll be sworn tis true. He'll weep you, and twere a man born in April. And I'll spring up in his tears, and twere a nettle against May. Hark! They're coming from the field. Oh, shall we stand up there and see them as they pass toward Ilium? Oh, good niece, do, sweet niece, Cressida. At your pleasure. Here, here, here's an excellent place. Here we may see most bravely. I'll tell you them all by their names as they pass by. Troilus among the rest. But speak not so loud. Who's that? There's Hector. That, 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 that. Look you, that, 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 that. There's a fellow. Go they way, Hector. Oh, there's a brave man, niece. There's not a brave man. Oh, a brave man. Is a not? It does a man's heart good. Oh, yonder comes Paris. Yonder comes Paris. Look ye, yonder niece. Is not a gallant man too? Oh, is not. Why, this brave now, who said he came home hurt today? Though he's not hurt. Why, this will do Helen's heart good now. Ha, ha, ha. You shall see Troilus anon. What sneaking fellow comes yonder? Where yonder? Oh, that, that, that's there, Phobos. But no, tis Troilus. Tis a man, niece, ha? Brave Troilus. Oh, prince of chivalry. Peace for shame, peace. Mark him, note him. Oh, brave Troilus. Oh, admirable youth. He ne'er saw three and twenty. Go thy way, Troilus. Go thy way. Oh, had I a sister, were a grace, a daughter, a goddess. Well, he should take his choice. Oh, admirable man. Paris? Oh, Paris is dirt to him. Here come more. Asses, fools, dolts, chaff and bran, chaff and bran. Porridge after meat. The eagles are gone. Crows and doors. Crows and doors. I'd rather be such a man as Troilus than Agamemnon and all Greece. There is amongst the Greeks Achilles, a better man than Troilus. Achilles? Ah, uh, a draymond, a porter. Very camel. Well, well. Well, well. But why have you any discretion? Have you any eyes? Do you know what a man is? Is not birth, beauty, good shape, 
discourse, manhood, learning, gentleness, virtue, youth, liberality, and such like. The spice and salt that season a man? Aye, a minced man. And then to be baked with no date in the pie, for then the man's date is out. Oh, you are such another woman. A man knows not at what ward you lie. Upon my will to defend my wiles, upon my secrecy to defend my honesty, my mask to defend my beauty, and you to defend all these. You are such another. I will go see Troilus' niece. By and by. Uh, to bring, Uncle. Uh, a token from Troilus. By the same token, you are aboard. <sighs> Words, vows, gifts, tears, and love's full sacrifice he offers in another's enterprise. But more in Troilus thousandfold I see than the glass of Pandar's praise may be. Yet hold I off. Women are angels, wooing. Things won are done. Joy's soul lies in the doing. That she beloved knows naught that knows not this. Men prize the thing ungained more than it is. Then though my heart's content firm love doth bear, nothing of that shall from mine eyes appear. Oh, nobody is doing it, doing it, doing it. Nobody is doing it, doing it, doing it. Agamemnon doesn't have a clue. Ulysses is telling him what to do. Hector sends a cheeky billy-doo, 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 billy-doo. Oh, nobody is doing it, doing it, doing it. Nobody is doing it. Doing it, doing it, Achilles has lost all his heart. Ajax's bowels are busting apart. Come on, fellas, make a start. Nobody is doing it now. Princes, what grief hath set the jaundice in your cheeks? The ample proposition that hope makes in all designs begun on earth below fails in the promised largeness. Checks and disasters grow in the veins of actions highest reared. Nor, princes, is it matter new to us that we come short of our suppose so far that after seven years' siege yet Troy's walls stand which is indeed naught else but the protractive trials of great Jove to find persistent constancy in men. With the due observance of thy godlike seat, great Agamemnon, Nestor shall apply thy latest words. In the reproof of chance lies the true proof of men. <laughs> the sea being smooth, how many shadow-bobble boats 
shall sail with those of nobler bulk. But, <laughs> let the ruffian north wind once enrage the gentle ocean, and anon behold the strong-ribbed bark through liquid mountains cut, bounding between the two moist elements, like, like, like Perseus' horse. <laughs> Where's now the saucy boat? What, what? <laughs> I, either, either, either to harbour fled, or made a toast for Neptune. Even so, doth valour show, and valour's worth divide in storms of fortune. Agamemnon, thou great commander, nerves and bone of Greece, and thou, most reverend for thy stretched-out life, thou great and wise, hear what Ulysses speaks. Speak, dame of Ithaca. Troy, yet upon his basis, had been down, and the great Hector's sword had lacked a master, but for these instances. The specialty of rule hath been neglected. Degree being visited, the unworthiest shows as fairly in the mask. Oh, when degree is shaked, the enterprise is sick. Take but degree away, untune that string, and hark what discord follows. The bounded waters should lift their bosoms higher than the shores. Strength should be lord of imbecility, and the rude son should strike his father dead. Then everything includes itself in power, power into will, will into appetite, and appetite, an universal wolf, so doubly seconded with will and power, must make himself an universal prey, and last eat up himself. And tis this fever that keeps Troy on foot, not her own sinews. To end a tale of length, Troy in our weakness stands, not in her strength. The nature of sickness found, Ulysses. What is the remedy? The great Achilles, whom opinion crowns the sinew and the forehand of our host, grows dainty of his worth, and in his tent lies mocking our designs. With him Patroclus, upon a lazy bed the livelong day, breaks scurril jests, and with ridiculous and silly motion he pageants us. Sometimes, Agamemnon, thy topless deputation he puts on, and, like a strutting player whose conceit lies in his hamstring, he acts thy greatness in. And when he speaks, tis like a chime amending. The large Achilles, on his pressed bed lolling, from his deep chest laughs out a loud applause, cries, Excellent! "'Tis Agamemnon right. "'Now play me Nestor. 
Play him me, Patroclus, arming to answer in a night alarm. And then, forsooth, the faint defects of age must be the scene of mirth, to cough and spit, and with a palsy fumbling on the gorget, shake in and out the rivet. And in this fashion, all our abilities, gifts, natures, orders, serves a stuff for these two to make paradoxes. And in the limitation of these twain, Ajax is grown self-willed. In fullest prouder places, as, as, as broad Achilles. Look, Menelaus. Uh, from Troy. What would you for our tent? Is this great Agamemnon's tent, I pray you? Even this? May one that is a herald and a prince do a fair message to his kingly ears. Oh, this Trojan scorns us, or the men of Troy are ceremonial courtiers. What's your affair, I pray you? What's your name? Sir, pardon. Uh, my name is Aeneas. Uh, my message is for Agamemnon's ears. Oh, it is not Agamemnon's sleeping hour that thou shalt know. Trojan, he is awake. He tells thee himself. Oh, we have great Agamemnon here in Troy, a prince called Hector. Priam is his father, who bade me to this purpose speak. Uh, kings, uh, princes, lords, if there be one amongst the first of Greece that holds his honour higher than his ease, that loves his mistress, and dare uh, avow her be her beauty uh, and her worth to him this challenge. Hector, in view of Trojans and of Greeks, uh, shall make it good, or do his best to do it. He hath a lady wiser, fairer, truer, than ever Greek did compass in his arms, and will to-morrow, with a trumpet call, midway between your tents and walls of Troy, to rouse a Grecian that is true in love. If any come, Hector shall honour him. If not, he'll say when he retires, the Grecian dames are sunburnt and not worth the splinter of a lance. Even so, much. This shall be told our lovers, Lord Aeneas. If none of them have soul in such a kind, we left them all at home. If none else, I am he. Tell him of Nestor, one that was a man when Hector's grandsire sucked. He is old now, but if there be not in our Grecian host a noble man to answer for his love, tell him I'll hide my silver beard in a gold beaver, 
and, meeting him, will tell him that my lady was fairer than his grandam, and as chaste as may be in the world. His youth in flood, I'll prove this truth with my uh, uh, three drops of blood. Now heaven forfend such scarcity of youth. Fair Lord Aeneas, let me touch your hand. Achilles shall have word of this intent, so shall each lord of Greece from tent to tent. Yourself shall feast with us before you go, and find the welcome of a noble foe. Nestor? Uh, what says... Ulysses? Blunt wedges rive hard knots. Uh, well, and, and how? This challenge that the gallant Hector sends, however it is spread in general sense, relates in purpose only to Achilles. Uh, uh, true, the uh, purpose is persicuous, uh, uh, a substance whose grossness little characters sum up. Therefore tis meet, Achilles meet not Hector. He already is too insolent. No, make a lottery, and by device let blockish Ajax draw the sword to fight with Hector. Among ourselves give him allowance for the better man, for that will physic the great Achilles. If the dull and brainless Ajax come safe off, we'll dress him up in voices. If he fail, yet go we under our opinion still that we have better men. But hit or miss, our project's life this shape of sense assumes. Ajax employed plucks down Achilles' plumes. Now, Ulysses, I begin to relish thy advice, and will give a taste thereof forthwith to Agamemnon. <laughs> Go we to him straight. Thesites! Agamemnon, how if he had boils, full, all over, generally. Thesites! And these boils did run. Say so, did not the general run then? Was that not a bochicore? Dog! <laughs> then, Mark, would come some matter from him. I'll see none now. Thou bitch's wolf, son, canst thou not hear? Feel then! Oh, the plague of grace upon thee, thou mongrel laugh witted lord! Oh! Oh, thou canst strike, canst thou? A red, red murrain on thy, 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 thy jade tricks. Toadstool, learn me the proclamation. Oh, thou art proclaimed fool, I think. Do not, porpentine, do not my, my, my fingers itch. I would thou didst itch from head to foot, and I had the 
scratching of thee. I would make thee the loathomest scab of grease. You horse and car. Oh, do, do, thou stupid witch. I do, do, thou sodden-witted lord. Thou hast no more brain than I have in mine, mine elbow. Thou scurvy valiant ass. Thou art here but to thrash Trojans, and thou art bought and sold among those of any wit, like a barbarian slave. <laughs> if, if thou used to beat me, I, I, I will begin at thy heel and, 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 and tell thee what thou art by inches. Thou, thou, thou thing of no bowels, thou... Oh, you dog! You scurvy lord! You cur! Oh! oh. Ah, this idiot! I do, rudeness, do, camel! Oh, do, do! Why, how now, Ajax? Wherefore do you thus? How now, Thersites? What's the matter, man? You see him there, do you? Hey, what's the matter? Nay, look upon him. So I do. What's the matter? Nay, but regard him well. Well, but so I do. But yet you look not well upon him. For whosoever you take him to be, he is a Jakes. I know that, fool. Aye, but that fool knows not himself. Therefore, I beat thee. Lord, 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 what modicums of wit he utters. This Lord Achilles, this Ajax, this Ajax, who wears his wit in his belly and his and his guts in his head, I'll tell you what I say of him. What? I say this Ajax. Nay, good Ajax. Hath not so much wit. Nay, nay, I must hold you. As will stop the eye of Helen's needle for whom he comes oh, to fight. Oh, damn cur, I, I shall. What's the quarrel? I bade that the vile owl girl learn me the tenor of the proclamation and he rails upon me. I serve thee not. Well, go to. Go, go to. I serve thee a voluntary. Your last service was sufferance. Twas not voluntary. No man is beaten voluntary. Been so a great deal of your wit too, is in your sinews, or the beliers. Hector <laughs> shall have a great catch if he knock out either of your brains. <laughs> what with me too, Thersites? There's Ulysses and Old Nestor, whose wit was mouldy ere your grandsires had nails on their toes. Yoke you like draught oxen. And make you plough up the I wall. I shall cut out your tongue. It is no matter. I shall speak as much sense as thou afterwards. No more words, Thersites. Peace. Oh, I'll all make peace when Achilles bitch bids me, shall I? <laughs> There's for you, Patroclus. I will see you hand like clot poles ere I come any more to your tents. A good riddance. I will keep where there is wit stirring and leave the faction of fools. Marry, sir, this is proclaimed through all our host, that Hector by the fifth hour of the sun, I know not what, tis trash, farewell. Farewell? Who shall answer him? 
I know not. Tis puts a lottery. Otherwise, he knew his man. Oh, meaning you. I, I will go learn more of it. Troy. 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 After so many hours, lives, speeches spent, thus once again, says Nestor from the Greeks, deliver Helen and all damage else, wounds, friends, and what else, dear, that is consumed in hot digestion of this Cormorant war shall be struck off. Hector, what say you to it? Though no man lesser fears the Greeks than I, as far as toucheth my particular, yet there's no lady of more softer bowels, more spongy to suck in the sense of fear, more ready to cry out, who knows what follows than Hector is? Let Helen go. Since the first sword was drawn about this question, every tenth soul hath been as dear as Helen. Fie, fie, my brother! Were you the worth and honour of a king so great as our dread father Priam in a scale of common ounces, and inches so diminutive as fear and reasons? Fie, for godly shame! No marvel. Though you bite so sharp at reasons, you are so empty of them. Here are your reasons. You know an enemy intends you harm. You know a sword employed is perilous, and reason flies the object of all harm. Nay, if we talk of reason, let's shut our gates and sleep. Manhood and honour should have hair hearts, were they but fat their thoughts with this cramped reason. Brother, she is not worth... What she doth cost the keeping. Or oh, what's aught but as tis valued? But value dwells not in particular will. It holds his estimate and dignity as well wherein tis precious of itself as in a prize. Tis mad idolatry to make the service greater than the god. I take today a wife. And my election is led on in the conduct of my will. How may I avoid, though my will distaste what is elected, the wife I chose? There can be no evasion to blench from this, and to stand firm by honour. We turn not back the silks upon the merchant when we have soiled them. It was thought meet that Paris should do some vengeance on the Greeks. Your breath with full consent bellied his sails. And for our old aunt Hesione, whom the Greeks held captive, he brought a Grecian queen, whose youth and freshness wrinkles Apollo's and makes fresh the morning. Why keep we her? The Grecians keep our aunt. Is she worth keeping? Why, she is a pearl, whose price hath launched above a thousand ships, and turned crowned kings to merchants. If you'll avouch, twas wisdom Paris went, as you must needs, for all you cried, go, go. If you'll confess he brought home worthy prize, as you must needs, for you all clapped your hands and cried, inestimable. Why do you now the issue of your proper wisdom rate, and do a deed that never fortune did? Beggar the estimation which you prized richer than sea 
and land. Cry, Trojans, cry. What noise? What call is that? It is our mad sister. I do know her voice. Cry, Trojans. <sighs> it is Cassandra. Cry, Trojans, cry. Lend me ten thousand eyes, and I will fill them with prophetic tears. Peace, sister, peace. Virgins and boys, mid-age and wrinkled eld. Soft infancy, that nothing canst but cry. Add to my clamours. Practice your eyes with tears. Troy must not be, nor goodly Ilium stand. Our firebrand brother, Paris, burns us all. Cry, Trojans, cry. A Helen and a woe. Cry, Trojans, cry. Troy burns or else let Helen go. Now, youthful Troilus, do not these high strains of divination in our sister work some touches of remorse? Why, brother Hector, we must not deject the courage of our minds because Cassandra's mad. I attest the gods. Your full consent gave wings to my propension and cut off all fears attending on so dire a project. Yet I protest, Paris should ne'er retract what he hath done, nor faint in the pursuit. Paris, you speak like... One besotted on your sweet delights. You have the honey still, but we the gall. So to be valiant is no praise at all. I would have the soil of Helen's fair rape wiped off in honourable keeping her. Well may we fight for her, whom we know well the world's large spaces cannot parallel. Paris and Troilus, you have both said well, and on a cause in question now in hand have glozed, but superficially, not much unlike young men whom Aristotle thought unfit to hear moral philosophy. <laughs> the reasons you allege do more conduce to the hot passions of distempered blood than to make up a free determination twixt right and wrong. Nature craves all dues to be rendered to their owners. If Helen then be wife to Menelaus, as it is known she is, these moral laws of nature and of nations speak aloud to have her back returned. Thus to persist in doing wrong extenuates not wrong, but makes it much more heavy. Hector's opinion is this in way of truth. Yet, nevertheless, my sprightly brethren, I propend to you in resolution to keep Helen still. For tis a cause that hath no mean dependence upon our joint and several dignities. Why, there you touch the life of our design. Were it not glory that we more affected than the performance of our heaving spleens, I would not wish a drop of Trojan blood spent more in her defence. Worthy Hector, she is a theme of honour and renown, a spur to valiant and magnanimous deeds, whose present courage may beat down our foes and fame in time to come canonise us. 
I am yours, you valiant offspring of great Priam. <laughs> I have a roisting challenge sent amongst the dull and factious nobles of the Greeks will strike amazement to their drowsy spirits. I was advertised their great Achilles slept whilst emulation in the army crept. This, I presume, will wake him. Oh, Trojans all a-chattering, chattering, chattering. Trojans all a-chattering, chattering, chattering. Hector wants to put an end to war. Priam wonders what they're fighting for. Troilus says he wants to have some more, have some more, have some more, have some more. War! Trojans all a-chattering, chattering, chattering. Trojans all a-chattering, chattering, chattering. Nobody has a brain in their head. Paris spends the whole day in bed. Cassandra says, we'll soon be dead. <laughs> Trojans all a-chattering now. <coughs> the vengeance on them all. Or rather, the Neapolitan Bornic, for that, methinks, is the curse depending on those that make war for a drab. How now, Thersites, what, lost in the labyrinth of thy fury, shall the elephant Ajax carry it thus? He beats me. And I rail at him. Oh, 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 worthy satisfaction. Would it were otherwise. Would I could beat him while he railed at me. <laughs> then there's Achilles. Oh, a rare engineer. Hey, if Troy be not taken till these two undermine it, walls will stand until they fall to themselves. Oh, thou great... Thunder daughter of Olympus, forget that thou art Jove, the king of gods, and Mercury, lose all the serpentine craft of thy caduceus, if ye take not that little, little, less than little wit from them that they have, which short-armed ignorance itself knows is so abundant scarce, that it will not deliver a fly from a spider without drawing their massive weapons and cutting the web. <sighs> well, <sighs> I've said my prayers, and devil envy say, Amen, Amen, Amen. What ho, my lord Achilles? Who's there? Tarsites. <laughs> Good Tarsites, come in and rail. The common curse of mankind, folly and ignorance, be thine in great revenue. Let thy blood be thy direction till thy death. Then if she that lays thee out says thou art a fair corpse, I'll be sworn and sworn upon she never shrouded any but lepers. Amen. Where's Achilles? What art thou devout? Wast thou in prayer? Who's there? Thersites, my lord. Where? Where, oh where? Art thou come? 
Why my cheese, my digestion? Why hast thou not served thyself into my table so many meals? Come, what's Agamemnon? Thy commander, Achilles. Then tell me, Patroclus, what's Achilles? Thy lord, Thersites. Then tell me, I pray thee, what's thyself? Thy knower, Patroclus. Then tell me, Patroclus, what art thou? Thou must tell that knowest. Oh, tell, tell! <laughs> I'll decline the whole question. Agamemnon commands Achilles. Achilles is my lord. I am Patroclus Noah, and Patroclus is a fool. You rascal! Priest fool I have not done. Agamemnon is a fool, Achilles is a fool, Thersites is a fool, and, as aforesaid, Patroclus is a fool. Agamemnon is a fool to offer to command Achilles. Achilles is a fool to be commanded of Agamemnon. Thersites is a fool to serve such a fool. And Patroclus is a fool positive. Why am I a fool? Oh, make that demand to the Creator. It suffices me, thou art. Oh, look who comes here. Patroclus, I'll speak with nobody. Come in with me. Thersites. Here is such patchery, such juggling and such knavery. All the argument is a cuckold and a whore. A good quarrel to draw emulous factions and bleat to death upon. War and lechery confound all. Where is Achilles? Within his tent, but ill-disposed, my lord. Let it be known to him that we are here. I shall say so to him. We saw him at the opening of his tent. He is not sick. Yea, lion sick, sick of proud heart. You may call it melancholy if you will favour the man, but by my head, tis pride. Here comes Patroclus. No Achilles with him. The elephant hath joints, but none for courtesy. His legs are legs for necessity, not for flexor. Achilles bids me say he is much sorry. If anything more than your sport and pleasure did move your greatness in this noble state to call upon him, he hopes it is no other but for your health and your digestion's sake, an after-dinner's breath. Go and tell him we come to speak with him, and you shall not sin if you do say we think him overproud and under-honest. Tell him so. I shall, and bring his answer presently. In second voice we'll not be satisfied. We come to speak with him. Ulysses, enter you. What is he more than another? No more than what he thinks he is. Is he so much? Do you not think he thinks himself a better man than I am? <laughs> no question. Will you subscribe his thought and say he is? No, noble Ajax. You are as strong, as valiant, as wise, no less noble, much more gentle, and altogether more tractable. Why should a man be proud 
How doth pride grow? I know not what pride is. I do hate a proud man as I hate the engendering of toads. Achilles will not to the field tomorrow. What's his excuse? He doth rely on none. Let Ajax go to him. Oh, Agamemnon, let it not be so. We'll consecrate the steps that Ajax makes when they go from Achilles. Shall the proud lord that bastes his arrogance with his own seam and never suffers matter of the world enter his thoughts, shall he be worshipped of that we hold an idol more than he? No, this thrice worthy and right valiant lord shall not so stale his palm by going to Achilles. If I go to him with my armed fist, I'll... Catch him o'er the face. Oh, no, you shall not go. A paltry, insolent fellow. If all men were of my mind, he should not hear it so. He should eat swords first. Shall pride carry it? My lord, you must prepare to fight without Achilles. Now here is a man, but tis before his face. I will be silent. Wherefore should you so? He is not emulous as Achilles is. No, the whole world. He is as valiant. A horse and dog that shall palter with us thus. Would he were a Trojan. Thank the heavens, Lord Ajax, thou art of great composure. Praise him that gat thee, she that gave thee suck. Famed be thy tutor. And thy parts of nature thrice famed beyond, beyond all erudition. And for thy vigour, bull-bearing Milo his additions yield to sinewy Ajax. I will not praise thy wisdom, which, like a born, a pale, a sure, confines thy spacious and dilated parts. Here's Nestor. Instructed by the antiquary times, he must, he is, he cannot but be wise. But, pardon, Father Nestor, were your days as green as Ajax, and your brain so tempered, you should not have the eminence of him, but be as Ajax. Shall I call you father? Aye, aye, my good son. Be ruled by him, Lord Ajax. Please it our great general to call together all his state of war. Here is a lord, come knights from east to west and cull their flower. Ajax shall cope the best. Oh, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow, and so say all of us. You, I see that you emulate the little love god Cupid with a wing, quiver of arrows. Uh, no, no, no.
not follow the young way of Paris. Aye, sir, when he goes before me. You depend upon him, I mean. Sir, I do depend upon the Lord. You depend upon a notable gentleman. I must needs praise him. The Lord be praised. You know me, do you not? Faith, sir, superficially. What music is this? I do partly know, sir. It is music in parts. Know you the musicians? Oh, holy, sir. <laughs> Who play they to? To the hearers, sir. At whose pleasure, friend? At mine, sir, and theirs that love music. Command, I mean, friend. Oh, shall I command, sir? Friend, we understand not one another. I am too courtly, and thou art too cunning. At whose request do these men play? Oh, that's toot indeed, sir. Marry, sir, at the request of Paris, my lord, who is there in person, and with him, the mortal Venus, the heart-blood of beauty, love's invisible soul. Who? My cousin Cresset? No, sir, Helen. Could you not find that out by her attributes? It should seem, fellow, that thou hast not seen the Lady Crescent. I come to speak with Paris from the Prince Troilus. I will make a complimental assault upon him for my business seeds. Ooh, sodden business. Here's a stewed phrase indeed. to you, my lord, fair desires in all fair measure, especially to you, fair queen, fair thoughts, to your pillow. Dear lord, you are full of fair words. No, he is full of harmony. Truly, lady, no. Oh, sir. I have business to my lord. Sweet queen, my lord, will you vouchsafe a word? Nay, this shall not hedge us out. We'll hear you sing, certainly. Well, sweet queen, you are pleasant with me. But, but marry thus, my lord, my dear and most esteemed friend, your brother, Troilus commends himself most affectionately to you. You shall not bob us out of our melody. If you do, our melancholy on your head. Sweet queen, sweet queen, there's a sweet queeny face. And to make a sweet lady sad is a sour offence. And my lord, he desires you that if the king call for him at supper... You will make his excuse. My lord Pandarus. What says my sweet queen, my very, very sweet queen? 
What exploits in hand? Where sups he tonight? Oh, you must not know where he sups. I'll lay my life <laughs> with his disposer, Cressida. <laughs> no, 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 no such matter. You are wide. I spy. You spy? What do you spy? My niece is horribly in love with the thing you have, sweet queen. She shall have it, my lord, if it be not my lord Paris. He? Nay, she'll none of him. They to a twain. Falling in after falling out may make them three. <laughs> come, come, I'll hear no more of this. Now, by my troth, sweet lord, thou hast a fine forehead. I, you may, you may. Oh, this love will undo us all. Oh, Cupid, Cupid. Love, ah, that it shall, if faith. Love, love. Nothing but love. Hey-ho. In love, if faith to the very tip of the nose. He eats nothing but doves, love. And that breeds hot blood. And hot blood begets hot thoughts. And hot thoughts beget hot deeds. And hot deeds is love. Is this the generation of love? Hot blood, hot thoughts, hot deeds? Why, they're vipers. Is love a generation of vipers? Sweet lord, who's at field today? Oh, Hector, Dephibus, Helenus, and all the gallantry of Troy. I would have fain gone today, but... My Nell would not have it so. How chance my brother Troilus went not? He hangs the lip at something. You know all, Lord Pandarus. Not I, honey, sweet queen. Uh, you remember your brother's excuse? To a hair. Farewell, sweet queen. Commend me to your niece. I will, sweet queen. <laughs> they will by now have come from field. Let us to Priam's hall to greet the warriors. Sweet Helen, I must woo you to help unarm our Hector. It will make us proud to be his servants, Paris. Sweet, above thought, I love thee. <sighs> Have you seen my cousin? No, Pandarus. I stalk about her door like a strange soul upon the Stygian bank, staying for waftage. Oh, be thou my Charon, 
and give me swift transportance to those fields where I may wallow in the lily beds proposed for the deserver. O oh, gentle panda, from Cupid's shoulder pluck his pointed wings and fly with me to Cressid. Walk here, I'll bring her straight. I am giddy. Expectation whirls me round. The imaginary relish is so sweet that it enchants my sense. What will it be when that the watery palates taste indeed love's thrice repured nectar? Death, I fear me, swooning destruction or some joy too fine, too subtle, potent, tuned too sharp in sweetness for the capacity of my ruder powers. I fear it much. And I do fear besides that I shall lose distinction in my joys, as doth a battle when they charge on heaps the enemy flying. Come, come, what need you blush? Shame's a baby. Here she is now. Swear the oaths now to her that you have sworn to me. What, are you gone again? You must be watched ere you be made tame, must you? Come your ways, come your ways. When you draw backward, we'll put you in the fills. Why do you not speak to her? Come, draw this curtain and let's see a picture. So, so, rub on and Kiss the mistress, build their carpenter. The air is sweet. Nay, you shall fight your hearts out ere I part you. The falcon is the tersel for all the ducks in the river. Go to, go to. You have bereft me of all words, lady. Words pay no debts. Give her deeds. Come in, come in. I'll go get a fire. Will you walk in, my lord? Oh, Cressid, how often have I wished me thus? Wished, my lord? The gods grant! Oh, my lord! What should they grant? What too curious drug espies my sweet lady in the fountain of our love? More dregs than water, if my fears have eyes. Oh, let my lady apprehend no fear. In all Cupid's pageant there is presented no monster. Nor nothing monstrous, neither? Nothing but our undertakings when we vow to weep seas, live in fire, eat rocks, tame tigers, thinking it harder for our mistress to devise imposition enough than for us to undergo any difficulty imposed. This is the monstrosity of love, lady, that the will is infinite and the execution confined, that the desire is boundless and the act a slave to limit. They say all lovers swear more performance than they are able, and yet reserve an ability that they never perform. They that have the voice of lions and the act of hares, are they not monsters? Are there such? Such are not we. Few words to fair faith. Will you walk in, my lord? What? Blushing still? Are you not done talking yet? Well, uncle... What folly I commit, I dedicate to you. 
I thank you for that. If my lord get a boy of you, you'll give him me. Be true to my lord. If he flinch, chide me for it. Boldness comes to me now and gives me heart. Prince Troilus, I have loved you night and day for many weary months. Why was my Cressid then so hard to win? Hard to seem one, but I was one, my lord, with the first glance that ever... Pardon me, if I confess much, you will play the tyrant. I love you now, but till now, not so much, but I might master it. In faith I lie. My thoughts were like unbridled children grown too headstrong for their mother. See, we fools... Why have I blabbed? Who shall be true to us when we are so unsecret to ourselves? Sweet, bid me hold my tongue, for in this rapture I shall surely speak the thing I shall repent. For this time will I take my leave, my lord. Leave? And you take leave till tomorrow morning? I will pray you, content you. What offends you, lady? Sir, mine own company. You cannot shun yourself. Let me go and try. I have a kind of self resides with you, but an unkind self. That itself would leave to be another's fool. I would be gone. Where is my wit? I know not what I do speak. Oh, that I thought it could be in a woman, as, if it can, I will presume in you, to feed for I her lamp with flames of love. To keep her constancy in plight and youth, outliving beauties outward with a mind that doth renew swifter than blood decays. Or that persuasion could but thus convince me that my integrity and truth to you might be affronted with the match and weight of such a winnowed purity in love, how were I then uplifted? But alas, I am as true as truth's simplicity, and simpler than the infancy of truth. In that I'll war with you. Oh, virtuous fight. True swains in love shall be in the world to come. Approve their truth by Troilus. When their rhymes, full of protest, of oath and big compare, once similes, yet, after all comparisons of truth, as true as Troilus shall crown up the verse and sanctify the numbers. Prophet may you be. If I be false or swerve a hair from truth, when time is old and hath forgot itself, when water drops have worn the stones of Troy and blind oblivion swallowed cities up and mighty states characterless are grated to dusty nothing, yet let memory from false to false among false maids in love upbraid my falsehood. When they've said, as false as air, as water, wind or sandy earth, as fox to lamb, as wolf to heifer's calf, pard to the hind or stepped arm to her son, yea, let them say to stick the heart of falsehood, as false as Cressid. Go to a bargain made. Seal it, seal it. I'll be the witness. Here, I hold your hand. Here, my cousins. If ever you prove false to one another, since I've taken such pains to bring you together, let all pitiful goers between be called to the world's end after my name. Call them all panders. Let all constant men 
betroiluses, all false women, cressets, and all brokers between pandas. Say amen. 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 Whereupon I will show you a chamber with a bed. Which bed? Because it shall not speak of your pretty encounters. Press it to death. Away! And Cupid grant all tongue-tied maidens here bed, chamber, panda to provide this gear. (laughs) 